0: Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this, our Saturday News Weekly Roundup video. We have got a lot to get through this week starting with the biggest story the Alpha tauri name change we're going to get into all of that there's been some more livery launches announced we'll talk about that as well uh mercedes look to be securing their long-term f1 future a lot on that we'll be getting into uh aston martin are looking at improvements for this year some potential rumours on the future of the Japanese Grand Prix, uh, some shakedown news, the first shakedown news of the year. Then towards the end we've got some news on Formula 1 Academy and a little bit on F2 as well. So we have got a lot to get through. So without further ado, let's begin. Firstly, you have to like and subscribe. As you all know, that is the rules. you have to like and subscribe before you get into the video. And also, yesterday uh, evening, a video came out on the channel uh, about Ollie Behrman and why I think he's F1's next big thing. So once you're done with this video, go check out that one. So, without further ado, and without further ado, apparently what is the biggest news of the week? is Alpha tauri and they are changing their name so for a while we've known this we knew the racing bulls thing was coming for a long time last year we thought it was going to be the hugo boss racing bulls then for a little bit we were told it was going to be the adidas racing bulls but it turns out neither of them are true due to uh, a little Kind of a, a leak kind of a mistake from the Alpha Tauri social media team. They launched their name early on the on the uh, Instagram profile accidentally and apparently their name this year is going to be the Visa cash app Racing Bulls. Now, as you can imagine, this caused uproar everywhere. Uh, for some reason now of course there was the news earlier in the month about sauber and how they're now called stake f1 team kick sauber Um, and then of course when this happened people were equally as upset and now i made a video when uh stake f1 team kick sauber came out saying you know it's not a great name and i think i may have called it the worst name ever i've had some time to reflect upon it And especially with this name coming out this week and seeing the exact same outrage come along my point on this really now is it really doesn't matter and i do kind of regret what i said about the stake f1 team kick sauber because really it doesn't matter what matters here is these teams are getting money this is good for the sport if you say that you love formula one then these teams getting these huge sponsors that's good for the sport because they're getting more money. Especially a team like Sauber, who are a small team. Yes, they'll have Audi influence eventually, but right now, you know, they are just a, one of the smaller teams on the grid. So for them to get that money, I think is good. For Racing Bulls, Alpha AlphaTauri, whatever you want to call them, for them to have the sponsors of Visa, one of the biggest companies in the world, is a good thing. You think about a few years ago, was it 2016, when McLaren had basically no sponsors? You know, the sport wasn't in a great place, McLaren weren't in a great in a great place, but you know, it's one of the biggest F1 teams of all time, couldn't attract any sponsors. And now, AlphaTauri can get Visa. You know, it shows that we're all in a good place in the F1 world. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is fine. And I see a lot of people be like, oh, well, I'm not going to call them Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. Of course you're not. Don't be ridiculous. You know, Mercedes, their official name is Mercedes AMG Patronus F1 Team. No one calls them that. Everyone just calls them Mercedes. The same way everyone's going to call Racing Bulls Racing Bulls. In the same way everyone's going to call Sauber Sauber. These teams don't expect you to call them the Visa cap Cash App Racing Bulls. The same way last year we didn't go, there's Max Verstappen in the Oracle Red Bull Racing Car. We just said the Red Bull. So I think all this outrage at it is really quite over the top at this point and just not warranted at all. I saw one particular F1 YouTuber who I'm not a huge fan of posted that goes, oh, what has happened to our sport? It's like, grow up! It's teams getting money, getting paid. It's all good stuff for the sport. And it changes literally nothing. So from now on, there will be no outrage on this channel for F1 team names and F1 sponsors. You know, I said before about McLaren, but you got to remember Haas and all the shit they've had. I shouldn't have said that. I swore then. I do apologise. I got too excited. Uh, Haas and all the stuff... They've had with sponsors, Rich Energy, Eurokali, you know. This is Visa and Cash App. Two huge companies who are gonna invest quite a bit of money into this team, who probably won't come around in a few months and go, oh no, they were actually the shadiest people on the planet. So, all in all, this is good for F1 and this is good for Alvatari, and stop complaining about it because realistically, it doesn't affect anything there you go rant over everyone let's look forward now to some livery launches that were announced uh this uh week firstly we have the alpine launch which will be on the 7th of february the most interesting thing about this though is it's not just the F1 launch, it is also the WEC launch. They're gonna be doing the same both teams at the same time. And you may think, oh wow, that's just quite convenient. Let's have them both there at the same time, you know, get them both done in one. But I think this is actually quite a smart move from Alpine, one of the first Alpine smart moves in quite a long time. Because of course the newest member of their WEC team is Mick Schumacher. So, they will be able to have Mick Schumacher right there next to their Formula One car, and it'll make it look like he's part of their F1 team, which will stir up quite a bit of media, you know, it'll get some good images out there, and if some people some people have speculated that maybe Alpine want Mick for next year, if Ocon or Gasly decide to leave, this is a good first step into getting him into that fold there. So. Great move from Alpine. Look forward to seeing what they do there. The next one announced was Mercedes, who are going to be on the 14th February. Sorry, Mercedes-AMG Patronus F1 team. You have to say the full name every time. Um, They'll be on the 14th February, Valentine's Day. A lovely Valentine's Day treat for Mercedes fans. What's also quite interesting is on the 14th February, I'll be going to see Hamilton, the musical, then I'll come home and I'll watch Hamilton, the Formula One driver. Oh, isn't that fun? Then the very next day, you gave it away to Red Bull, who are launching their car uh, on the 15th of February. So I think as of right now, that is the, the last one. So we only have Haas and uh, Racing Bull's AlphaTauri to announce when they will go. Normally, Haas like to wait until everyone's announced theirs, and then they put theirs first. Um, McLaren have jumped the gun on them this time. If you missed the McLaren stuff, there's a video on the channel of me uh, kind of talking about that livery. That was earlier in the week. So McLaren have jumped them in terms of being first. So Haas will probably just wait until Arthur Tari announced, then go before them. Um, but yeah, looking good. Uh, the most interesting thing, though, about the McLaren is that they apparently still are having a launch on the 14th February, the same day as the Mercedes one. And that's when they will officially launch their car. So they've launched the livery, they're gonna separately launch the car apparently on the 14th of February. So that could be a busy day then. We'll look forward to seeing how that goes. But let's talk more about Mercedes because uh, their long-term future in terms of behind the scenes has very much been secured ...for the next few years. Firstly, this came from Toto Wolff, who has signed a new three-year deal with Mercedes, um, which isn't a big surprise... ...because it didn't seem like he wanted to leave, and he's a third owner of the team, so if he wants to stay, he's going to stay. What was very interesting, though, from Toto is the interview he gave alongside him uh, staying with Mercedes because we've known Toto for a while now, and he's always said there's no uh, number two driver in Mercedes, they're both equal. Then, upon signing his new three-year deal, this was the first statement he released. I'm staying at Red Bull to... Sorry, he's not staying at Red Bull. I'm staying at Mercedes to beat Red Bull with Lewis Hamilton. Those who have driven the simulator have told us that the 2024 car... Doesn't look like the car of the last two years. If we give Lewis a good car that he can rely on, he will get back in front of everyone, which is very interesting. Not to mention Russell at all in his statements of him signing the new um, the new uh, contract. You know, it's not even like I expected him to say, "We're here to challenge the titles with uh, Lewis and George," not just. Lewis will be the guy who wins the title. He doesn't even mention George, which is very surprising. I know Russell didn't have the best year ever last year, but this is very non-Toto from Toto, because even back in the days of Lewis winning all the titles and Valtteri kind of massively playing second fiddle, and it was very obvious that Valtteri was second fiddle, Toto would still come out and say, no, no, they're equal, they're always equal, we give them equal stuff all the time. And here... You know, I I think they have been equal in terms of Russell and Hamilton in their two years as teammates. You know, you can say well, Hamilton offered to do more of um, testing in twenty twenty two, but that's Hamilton's own choice. When it's come down to Mercedes choices, I think they have treated uh, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton incredibly equally. And then for Toto to come out and say this, maybe there is a shift coming in terms of no, we're building a car for Lewis. And the car will suit Lewis, and Lewis will be the guy who wins us stuff. So that is an interesting one to um, look at. Also, his statement there about the SIM data. The SIM data has told us that the 2024 car doesn't look like the car the last two years. Now, I have been paying close attention to Mercedes and Mercedes fans over the last two years, and I've I've made something for you all, which I think may come in, in handy. So it's it's here, on this here whiteboard so what this is is i hope you can see this it's the six stages of mercedes and this is how it has gone over the last few years so uh, we'll hopefully refer back to this throughout the season if the season goes the exact same way the last two have so stage one this is mostly uh winter off season of mercedes will be back that is stage one then stage two goes to the sim data is great, that's what we've seen here. Stage three is testing times don't actually matter, uh, it's more about other things in testing actually, so that'll be coming uh, soon. Stage four is upgrades are coming soon, and also in brackets half a second. Because it tends to be whenever Mercedes are promising upgrades, they're half a second faster than the rest of the field. Uh, then stage five is melt this car down or, you know, burn it or send it to hell. And then stage six is uh, next year Mercedes will be back. And then it kind of loops back up to stage one. So that's how it's been the last few years. I've actually got uh, this little arrow here so we can just put that there. So there you go. That's where we are right now. We're at stage two. The sim data is great. So maybe we'll come back to that throughout the rest of the year, uh, see how... The stages of Mercedes are going there. There you go. So that's where we are. Stage two at the minute. But still on Mercedes because James Allison has signed a new three-year deal with Mercedes as technical director. Now, of course, there was all the drama of the Mercedes technical director last year when we had Mike Elliott as technical director. So James Allison was technical director of Mercedes up until uh, halfway through 2021 when he stepped back. Mike Elliott uh, took forward from there, and he has led Mercedes for the last few years through the no-pod design and all that kind of stuff. Some people are saying that Mike Elliott kind of has become a scapegoat for the no-pod design. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, but Mike Elliott was removed last year to bring James Allison back. And then before this season has even started, he's been offered a new three-year deal, and he has signed it to stay with mercedes Uh, until what will that be the end of 2027 so this is very much Mercedes gearing up for 2026 when a lot of people speculate that's when uh, the next people can really challenge the Red Bull with the new engine regulations coming in so Toto is staying past then Mike uh, it's not Mike Elliott he's gone James Allison is staying past then they have also invested heavily in pit stop equipment uh, for this season uh, because when you look at the pit stops, you know, obviously Red Bull were very good, Ferrari got very good, McLaren got very good, McLaren had the fastest pit stop ever last year, I think Red Bull overall won the pit stop championship thing they do though, uh, Ferrari I think was third, but you had teams like Mercedes who've never really been good at pit stops, like ever, I remember in 2021 we had Lewis and Max going head to head, Red Bull were doing these two second pit stops, And Mercedes couldn't touch them, and that's when Toto pushed for the rule about minimum time in pit stops, because Mercedes could never really catch the Red Bulls, and that's when they're gaining a massive advantage. You know, Red Bull gaining about half a second on Mercedes in terms of pit stops. Another team that weren't too great at pit stops last year were Aston Martin, and they have poached a Red Bull engineer uh, called Andor Hedogos who uh, I've pronounced his name incorrectly there, but he was a senior project designer at Red Bull who helped the team achieve the sub-two-second pit stops. So he's left to work for Aston. So both Aston and Mercedes, two teams who massively struggled in the pit stops, are looking to improve from there. So hopefully that'll be... uh, improve for both of them because that was a big thing there you know you have teams like mclaren doing a 1.8 then you have mercedes who are doing a free second so you're losing like over a second in a pit stop i mean the second in formula one is a lot of time so I've seen it's good to see that they've seen that weakness and are trying to improve it from there but let's talk about the Japanese Grand Prix which this year is actually going to be a lot earlier I think it's the fourth race in the season normally we wait until the end of the year to go to Japan when it's the rainy season and then it rains and then everyone goes oh bloody hell it's raining and then they don't race because it's raining too much. Uh, whereas this year, they're going to go in the non-rainy season and see what happens. It's it's a, it's a daring attempt. Let's see how it works out there. But the Osaka Tourism Board have revealed that they want to hold an F1 race. Now The race would be a street circuit, as there's no permanent track in Osaka, and would likely be part of the Osaka Kanzai Expo, scheduled for 2025. So this is just a rumour at the minute of what Osaka want to do, but... Um, It is worth noting that the Suzuka contract with Formula 1 ends in 2024, so if the Osaka Tourism Board do offer F1 a hell of a lot of money, who knows, we could see the end of the Suzuka circuit, which would be a big shame because the Suzuka circuit is one of the best ones in the world. You know, I don't see why we can't have two Japanese Grand Prix. you know, Japan... It's a big place, so why not have two? And then I think we have to go back to this idea of, you know, a lot of people are saying there's too many races, and there probably is too many races. But maybe we could go to this idea of not every track has to feature every year. We can have ones coming in and out, like we used to have for the German Grand Prix, being in the Nürburgring one year and Hockenheim the year after. We could have something like that in Japan where we have this Osaka uh, street track, then have Suzuka, or we have both of them and we move one from like Europe or from the Americas, we move that out. I think we can have this revolving um, circuit calendar. We don't need to go to the same places every year. It makes them feel more special in that way. You know, there's some that should be there every year, like some of your Monaco, your Silverstone, your Monza, your Spa, those kind of classic ones you know other ones we can stop and change them why the hell not right shakedown news for Haas now now if you're not aware the shakedown is kind of the first few proper laps the car does normally on wet weather tires it's not necessarily for gathering data it's more firstly check your car works and secondly for media so they'll be taking photos and taking videos and all that kind of stuff and they'll use those throughout social media and Adverts and all that kind of stuff throughout the year so hass are the first to announce their shakedowns and they've done a shakedown in two parts now there's only a, I think there's only a certain amount of uh, distance you can do in a shakedown. I'm not exactly sure what that number is but whatever it is they're splitting it in two. Their first shakedown will take place in Silverstone at the 11th of February. Then the second shakedown will take place in Bahrain on the 19th of February, which I believe is two days before the first day of testing. So Haas, for some reason, splitting this in half, I'm not exactly sure why. Um, My only idea would be that if they go out in Silverstone and do the shakedown, the drivers can tell pretty quickly... If the car is good or bad and I think they will be gathering data as I said that's not the that's not the aim of a shakedown but they will be gathering data so they split it in half they can gather data from the Silverstone one then a week later they can use that data to kind of improve the car going into the Bahrain shakedown and then two days later they have the testing in Bahrain they can use the data from Silverstone and Bahrain shakedowns to improve on that for day one of testing that's the only idea that i have from there let's see if it works out from but sticking with Haas now as we go into f1 academy because Haas have announced their f1 academy driver is gonna be chloe chambers she's an american chinese driver previously completed in uh, american formula 4 and w series she did a season in each of their Uh, Both of those seasons combined, she got two points, so it wasn't great there, but she did go to Formula Regional Oceania Championship last year, where she finished ninth overall, and uh, I think she even won a race. So, you know, the first two seasons not too great, that one a little bit better. Mercedes also announced their F1 Academy driver as Dorian Pinn. Now, she I'm quite excited to see. as She races with the Iron Dames, who are a female-only team who competes across multiple series. She started working with them in 2021 GT3. She competed in WEC and the GT World Endurance Cup. Uh, She won the Ferrari Challenge Europe in 2022 and came second in Formula 4 Southeast Asia last year as part of the Prima Racing Team. She'll represent Prima and Mercedes in F1 Academy this year. So she's definitely one to watch if you're watching F1 Academy. Uh, Out of the names listed so far, I think... Either her or Abby Polling might have the most experience. So definitely wants to watch. The Iron Dames are a great team across pretty much everything they compete in. So to have her is quite a coup here for Mercedes. But she's not the only one because Ferrari also announced their F1 Academy representative uh, this week. And that is Maya Weung. I don't know how to pronounce her surname. It's W-E-U-G. Maya Weung? I will learn how to pronounce that. Anyway, she... uh, Interestingly, most F1 Academy drivers have been put into F1 Academy and signed up to the F1 team's um, Academy uh, team in, like, the same day. But Maya here has been in F in Ferrari's academy since 2021 so they've had her, their eyes on her for quite some time she's a dutch driver it saw some uh, success in karting winning the F- WSK final cup and also has competed in Italian Formula Four and Formula Regional European Championship. Uh, although she hasn't had the most fantastic success there, she will also be part of Prima Racing Team. And Prima become the first F1 Academy team to announce their full lineup. So we've got Tina Hausmann for Aston Martin, Dorian Pin for Mercedes, and Maya William for Ferrari. So that is a very strong team there for Prima. Moving away from F1 Academy, though, let's talk about. Um, formula 2 because this week it was finally announced that Victor Martins will come back and he'll be part of the ART team so no huge shocks there i think we all basically saw that one coming but yeah Victor Martins returning to F2 with ART and i have to say one of the favorites to win the title definitely one to watch for next year ART of course won the title with uh, tail Porsche last year They'll want to win it again. I don't see why Victor Martins can't do it. Rookie of the Year last year. Looking good. Um be I reckon be him and Oli Behrman for the title next year. And I think it'll be very, very fun. Another name joining F2 though, uh will be Rafael Villa Gomez. So if you're a fan of F3, you'll be aware of him. He's been driving with Van Amma Sport for the last couple of years. He has joined the Van Amersfoort F2 team now. Um, Hasn't had the most ex- successful F3 career. He has, he came 25th in the both years he competed in F3. So, yeah, not fantastic, but he's definitely looking to improve going into F2 for this year. And there you go. That is all the news. As I said, that Ollie Behrman video is out on the channel right now, so go check that one out. Let me know what you think of all the news we've covered uh, this week. And until uh, next time, unless there is any big uh, surprise livery launches or breaking news again, which has happened the last two weeks, there'll be a video out on Friday. And as we are moving into livery launch season, that's what we're covering. I think it is every current team's worst ever livery. That video comes out on Friday. Then next Saturday, if there's any news to talk about, I'll be here again to talk about it with you. Until next time, though, have a good one. See you then. Goodbye.